Brooklyn's Radio brings you City Update with Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys. Hello and welcome to City Update for your weekly dose of financial news from stock market insider Lee Humphreys. And he's waiting on the line. So what's been happening in the world of the money markets, Lee? Well, um, we saw some huge moves uh, in the US markets on Monday evening in with, uh, you guessed it, technology stocks leading the way. And look, I know I sound like a stuck record here. Uh, the Nasdaq hitting another new high. Um, some of these shows absolute favorites continue to excel with Peloton, Spotify, Zoom and of course Tesla up around 10% on the day. Now, uh, European shares normally follow America the next day. Did that happen? Uh, They certainly did, and uh, not before time. A rising tide lifts all boats, as they say. Um, Germany's DAX index was the first of the major uh, European indexes to turn positive. Yes, that's positive for the year. Mm, uh, Now, the American Nasdaq index, which I believe gives an instant snapshot of how the top 100 or so US companies performing, turned positive a while back. So why did the German DAX lag behind on their stock market? Well, um, in a word, technology. Um, Europe doesn't have any tech behemoths like Amazon. Um, For instance, uh, Germany is the home of Europe's biggest listed tech company, the software provider SAP, which uh, some of our listeners here may have heard of. It actually has its uh, UK headquarters uh, close to here in Feltham. Anyway, um, SAP is worth approximately $200 billion. Remember, this is Europe's largest tech company company. Contrast that with Amazon, which on Monday night alone rose 8% and added approximately $125 billion to its overall value. And you'll see immediately the the, the disparity in terms of size between the two continents from a market capitalization perspective. So you're saying that the European markets are weighted differently towards different types of industries to those in the U.S.? Um, Yeah, I mean, as a general rule, that's correct, Ian. Um, Most European nations, for example, have a national flag carrying airline, Air France, KLM and Lufthansa, which are patently right now in a sector that's, well, to put it mildly, um, seeing little growth and instead rely from time to time on huge state handouts to keep them going. Likewise, Europe also has an abundance of traditional telco and energy companies that are legacies from old nationalised industries. Uh, But, you know, the US has these as well, doesn't it? I mean, you've mentioned in the past that Zoom, for example, is worth more than the entire US airline sector. So they've got those. That's the case, isn't it? Uh, It it absolutely is the case. And the uh, differential, uh, uh, interestingly, between the two actually has continued to grow. But um, one of the big differentiators between Europe and the US is that consolidation within sectors has generally uh, been way too slow within Europe um, when compared um, to almost anywhere else around the globe. Uh, Consolidation, what do you mean by that? Well, all I mean uh, by this uh, is that companies in the US, by and large, have uh, been allowed to buy up and merge with pretty much whoever they want to, uh, with a couple of of caveats, of course. Contrast that with France, for example, where we find uh, they still have two huge auto manufacturers in Peugeot and Renault, as does Germany with BMW and Daimler. Um, Partly as a result of national governments, quite understandably, wanting to protect their electricity 
electorates from big losses that would inevitably result from such consolidation. So does that increased scale that results from consolidation give US companies a competitive advantage then? Well, look, being small can offer certain advantages, especially when companies are growing fast. But consolidation does bring economies of scale and reach, which is helpful when they are past that sort of initial growth phase. So going back to the SAP comparison earlier, while a company could hardly be considered small while being worth $200 billion, compare that with Microsoft, which does something very similar to SAP, but is worth one6 trillion dollars or eight times the size so in this case um, size doesn't matter can anything be done about this does the eu for example want to aid the creation of its own tech companies that could compete with microsoft say well, uh, you know, I'm sure they would love it if one were to emerge, but it's very unlikely to happen as long as regulation uh, of businesses, both nationally and from the EU, remain as restrictive uh, as it does, meaning that ideas and capital are far more likely to focus on places like Silicon Valley in California and Singapore, which are lightly regulated than, say, Frankfurt or Paris. I'm sure this um, regulation is a political decision, but can you explain why uh, regulation would inhibit growth? Well, um, do you recall we talked about the possibility of supply side reforms in regard to the UK post-Brexit a a couple of weeks ago in order to stimulate growth? Well, while it's certainly true that some European economies like Germany have gone down this road further than others in the past decade, um, others like Italy still remain, despite a lot of talk to the contrary, almost uninvestable due to, amongst other things, restrictive employee regulation. It seems though um, there's been political turmoil in Italy for a long while, but um, there's been a lot of talk of uh, uh, economic reform. But with the rise of the popular parties promising reform, nothing has come of this, has it? Well, look, I let me say this from the outset. I'm far from an expert in Italian politics in. So you're really sort of asking the wrong person uh, to some extent. But I can infer from the fractured nature of the electoral system in Italy that it won't have aided the process of economic liberalisation at all. And there's no better way of seeing this than when I saw just this week, actually, that Facebook, which is valued around $700 billion, is currently worth $100 billion more than all the companies listed on the Italian stock exchange. Facebook is worth more than all the companies listed on the Italian stock exchange. Well, that's an amazing statistic. Uh, you know, here's another staggering one to underline this point. Next week sees the publication of Italian second quarter GDP or gross domestic product data, which is likely to show that the Italian economy has not grown since the euro was introduced back in 1999. It's even underperformed Greece over the same period. So um, Italy, obviously, in the EU, can't the EU um, impose reforms upon Italy? Well, actually, funnily enough, uh, one of the two big drivers of markets rallying in Europe in the early part of this week was the announcement from the uh, EU late on uh, Monday night that they had actually or eventually uh, reached a deal on a 750 billion euro economic recovery aid fund, uh, despite the reservations of the Dutch, who are actually fast becoming seen uh, in Brussels as the new Brits post-Brexit. Some within the EU have been pushing for economic 
economic reform to be conditional on receiving the grant. But that view sort of failed uh, to prevail and instead the money will be sent out with the hope rather than the expectation that Italy in particular will reform itself towards pro-growth reforms. Now, um, you've talked about Economic Recovery Fund uh, on this programme. Uh, a month or so ago, didn't you, Lee? <laughs> it seems you were listening. Um, we did it, uh, in fact, uh, in, and uh, for the past few weeks, I thought that all that work that I spent looking into it uh, was going to be wasted, as several countries um, thought that not attaching reform uh, conditions to the handouts was utter madness and dug their heels in. In the end, the will of Macron and Merkel prevailed, however, and the terms of the deal remain pretty much, actually, as I described them back then, a mix of uh, grants and loans with Italy and Spain being the two big recipients. Incidentally, Ireland, with about 1% of the European population, will be the fifth largest contributor to the fund. Right, so that's uh, taking care of Europe. Uh, Lee, in the time we've got left, what other news do you have for us this week? Well, you may have seen, in that in the UK, uh, we've had news that the UK government borrowed a record £128 billion in the uh, three months between April and June this year. Contrast that with... 55 billion that we borrowed for the whole of last year. Total government debt is now close to $2 trillion. That figure is the equivalent to the total worth of the UK economy's ratios that we haven't seen since the early 1960s. Now, that debt may be concerning and is concerning to some economists, but presumably the immediate concern right now is for the government to fill in the hole left by business during the lockdown. Uh, that's exactly right, Ian. Um, despite some promising uh, retail sales data out of the UK this morning, actually, um, the high street continues to suffer in particular. In the past week and a half, Domino's Pizza said that 75 out of its 470 units are to be shut, for example. ZZ and Ask Italian announced the uh, closure of 75 locations also. And Ted Baker confirmed that 500 jobs or a quarter of its workforce will be let go. Yeah, well the recession is obviously biting hard but uh, no doubt uh, online business is playing its part in the demise of uh, these high street industries. Yeah, it certainly is with uh, Tate Baker at least. Um, uh, they, they said on Wednesday that online sales now represent 69% of the total and that's in stark contrast to 25% just last year. We've uh, seen this pattern with the likes of Ocado too who last week announced that revenues for the first six months uh, of the year rose 23% um, with they said unprecedented and sustained demand for online grocery in the UK. The growth in online food delivery numbers from Tesco and Sainsbury's again uh, we've talked about this before uh, here Ian are absolutely staggering and amongst all this chaos we are witnessing a fundamental structural change to the way almost all commerce is conducted before our very eyes indeed in so many ways we're living through extraordinary times thank you very much indeed Lee take care cheers Ian in Pritchard and Lee Humphreys brought you City Update on Brooklyn's Radio. Brooklyn's Radio.